welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Faker by Sarah Smith. Um, an enemies to lovers work romance. I guess you could call it a work romance. They happen to work together. And, and there romance. is romance. <laughs> and there's romance. Yes. Uh, before we get into the book, we want to remind you that our social media is the in the links in the uh, show notes down below. Um, I forgot my script now. I can't find it anywhere. So you get that from us. Um, Super helpful. We had two months off. We're doing a double recording today. <laughs> and we don't know what we're doing. It's fine. No, we're great. We're Everything is fine. Uh, we made brownies. We made Rice Krispie treats. We're getting shit done. Yeah, it's just taking a long time. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, this it's is the second good. time we started this episode, so uh, bear with us. The first time was a little rambly. We're going to try again. Things are great. How did you feel, Kat, about Faker? I thought I was going to like it, but I also always think I'm going to like things based on the cover. Okay. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know why, but I think a lot of people do that. Like, when you go to pick a book... And you look at the cover and you're like, ooh, this looks great, but you have no idea what it is. Do you judge a book by its cover? Is that what you're yeah, telling me? in the world of books, yes. You do? In real life, sometimes. I will say I'm less likely to read a book with people on the cover, like real people. Do you want, like, an ornate decoration or something, or what? Um, I don't want weird Kindle romance covers. There are some very bad ones out there. I don't know who's in charge of, um, like, discount Photoshop software. I don't know. But either. it's bad. It's not good. I don't enjoy it, so I won't read those. Just leave your cover plain. Or I, I will. Know. I will be more likely to pick up your book if it's got one of these weird illustrated cartoon covers. Yeah. I feel like the naked people on the cover thing is very, like, 90s and 80s. It was like um, the Tony Blake swept away. Yeah. I don't like those covers. No. Those are bad. But they speak to people. Who? My mom. <laughs> <laughs> My mother. Oh, just maxed out sound laughing. Oh, no. Um, it's a good thing we love your mother. Yeah. We tried, Mom. We tried the Tony Blake. We're sorry we didn't like it. It was fine. It was exactly what you expect from us, but we're doing Sarah Smith tonight, mm -hmm. or today, depending on when you're listening to us. Uh, we're recording at night, so that's why. Which is very strange for us. Yeah, we're usually afternoon people, but we just, we had a lot to do today. We so, put some hair dye in cat's hair, we made brownies yeah. and Rice yeah. Krispies, we took a Target run to get supplies for those things, we ate Hawaiian food. We recorded another episode. Yeah, we did. We did another episode. That was the first thing we did. We yeah. did last week. Last week's episode prior to doing all of that stuff. So. Yeah. So if you are listening through August, this is week two of our four week four. hour recording. Our, I don't know our four week special. We're hour sorry we were gone. Yeah, that's the the we're sorry we were gone. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's fine. It's great. Everything is fine. We're not sick. We're safe, we're happy-ish, and healthy. <laughs> we're just, we're living, okay? We're, That's all you can do right now. We're here. Um, whoever has their bingo squares uh, filled in for 2020, uh, you don't get to play the game anymore. Can someone please say Jumanji and end this all? Something. Please, dear God. Ugh, Put something. 2020 in rice and let's try to start over. Uh, Kat, do you want to read the back of the book? Yes, and I will apologize for not pronouncing Emmy's last name correctly, but I'm going to give her a shot here. Here we go. Emmy Ekabari is a professional faker. She has to be to survive as one of the few female employees at Nuts and Bolts, a power tool company staffed predominantly by gruff, burly men. From 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, she's tough as nails, the complete opposite of her easygoing real self. One thing she doesn't have to fake? Her disdain for co-worker Tate Rasmussen. Tate has been hostile to her since the day they met. Emmy's friendly greetings and repeated attempts to get to know him failed to garner anything more than scowls and terse one-word answers. Too bad she can't stop staring at those Thor-like biceps. 
When Emmy and Tate are forced to work together on a charity construction project, things get heated. Emmy's beginning to see that beneath Tate's chiseled exterior lies a soft heart, but it will take more than a few kind words to erase the past and convince her that what they have is real. First of all, I would love to work with some burly, gruff men. That aren't assholes. Yeah, I would like that. Because I... I've never worked in a place that had me feeling as though I were surrounded by burly, gruff men. No? We ha- Well, we worked with some back in the day, but I wouldn't use the word surrounded. No. We also worked retail, so I don't think that counts. Yeah. I don't know that I count all of our friends as burly gruff men either. No. Burly, maybe. Gruff sometimes. Oh, my God. Gruff sometimes. But not that exact description, I don't think. If you guys hear any noises, um, we are recording later at night, which means Oliver has caught the zoomies. Um, This is his nightly runtime, so... If you hear anything, it's him. He's catching crickets that make their way into the apartment and toys that I have put away. Um, we're sorry. But also... He's having a good time. He's having a blast. He's living his best life. Um, but yeah. I I wouldn't ever say that I was surrounded by burly men. Although, we did do a field trip to Construction Career Days last year. And that was surrounded by burly men, for sure. When you got the turlet? Yeah, that was a good time. Or um, anytime I've done some kind of event with family where all of their military friends are around. Okay. That would definitely count. But, like, that's kind of it. I have a very female-dominated profession. You do. And you have a very solitary profession. <laughs> I do. And I would not call my, my co-worker burly nor rough. But I also want to point out there was something on here that was... Um, like, all of Emmy's attempts to get to know her co-worker have failed because he's, like, rejecting her. Yeah, that's not fun. Regardless of your gender, when you're like, hi, how are you? And someone's like, hi. Have I ever told you about the first like, day working? Oh my God. Have I ever told you about the first day working with Boss Man? Yeah. Oh, I miss him. He says hi, by the way. I miss him so much. Um, okay, so the first time I ever worked with my former general manager, probably a long time, long time ago, um, I walked in the day before to introduce myself and let him know I was going to be in the next day or whatever. He gave me the keys. Um, I thought, cool, went home. Next day I get up, go to work to my, in my new store. I was just transferring to that store. Mm-hmm. And um, he said all of ten words to me the whole day, and everything was a grunt as an answer. So I don't really know if that was a yes or a no. And then I was just doing everything I could, and I'm sitting in the back of that little tiny office, and I'm, like, in this gross folding, like, card table chair. It's, like, metal. And um, he's got his back to me, and I kept saying, so, uh, what's, what's, what's your favorite color? Um, I really like... <laughs> so awkward. I really like blue and, like, green. Those are good colors. Oh, that's, that, that's nice. And then it would be quiet. And finally, the icebreaker... So, uh, do, do you watch TV? He's like, yeah. And then I go, oh, so do I. Um, some of my favorite shows are, like, Doctor Who, and I really like Supernatural. And as soon as I said Supernatural, he turned, like, slow turned in his chair, and his eyes were, like, the size of half dollars. They were huge. And he was like, you like Supernatural? I was like, yeah. Do you, do you like Supernatural? And he pulls his collar down to show me his supernatural tattoo. It's the one Mitch has. Also, why do men get that same tattoo? I don't know. In different places. And he was was wearing the um, Dean's amulet necklace. And he goes, I fucking love supernatural. And then we became best friends. I miss him. I wish you still worked with him. Almost overnight. Oh my god, so you can see Boss Man. Yeah. Bro Chacho. It's been a long time. He's a good dude. But yeah, it's just, it's already really hard to get to know people when you're kind of feeling like you're forced to make friends or whatever. Yeah. And then if people are like, eh, fuck you, like all that, the time, it's hard. Uh, that was the most awkward day of my life. And we, uh, that work day was like 9.30 to 6. By the time this mm. conversation happened, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so imagine 9.30 to 3. It's just a lot of grunting. Very little explanation. 
Yeah, and I'm someone, I'm pretty extroverted, so when I'm in a position where I need to, like, meet people and stuff, I usually do a pretty good job of being like, hi, blah, blah, you know, like. If you ever need to meet someone and you're afraid of meeting anybody, take Kat with you. I'm not afraid of strangers like I should be. No. Which sounds like a problem, but, like, they used to make fun of me at Target because I talked to all the gangster-looking people, Uh and I'd be like, hi, and, like, it's totally fine. Kat is also the type of person who sticks her hand in a mysterious white powder and puts it in her mouth. It, yeah, it was sugar, though. But we didn't know it was sugar. We knew it wasn't drugs. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought, what if it's cocaine? <laughs> then you're like, how do you get cocaine in a target? <laughs> and you're like, it's not cocaine. It it's, can't be cocaine. It's, it's salt powder. or sugar. We don't know. Or it could have been chlorine. Who knows? But Kat licked it. I think I could have smelled the chlorine before I tasted it. Probably. You did get a but, cool nickname out of it. <laughs> Love it. Um, but anyways, just pointing out some things that are already difficult within a workplace. Mm-hmm. Like, you already feel like you don't fit in, and then you feel like the person that's, like, your neighbor or you're forced to see daily is just, like, not down with you, and you're like, cool, yep, okay, bye, I'll just stick to myself. Well, and they work in a very small, like, office. Like, their offices are so tiny. Yeah, and they're, like, across the hall from each other, right? And they, yeah, and they can't close their doors in the summer, because if they close their doors in the summer, then it gets hot. And then if they close Ugh. their doors in the winter, it gets cold. Mm-hmm. There's, like, it's it's a lose-lose situation at this point. And they're just, just looking at time. each other. And they don't like each other at all. And it was one of those things where they told Tate he was going to be working with Emmy, and he was, like, cool, all excited. And then Emmy walks in, and she's like, oh, my God, hi, I'm Emmy. And he, like, shuts down. Brick wall. Oh, Which yeah. is also another terrible thing. Like, if someone seems perceptive to you. Yeah. And then as soon as you start talking, they just, like, shut down. And you're like, okay. It was awkward. awkward. I've been in that situation. It's awful. It sucks. Like, but what did I do? I existed in the world, and I shared the cubicle with him. Yeah, see, that's the problem. But he was... But, like, what are you supposed to do? He was dirty and gross, and he would keep milk in a mason jar on the desk, like, all day, and then drink it at noon. Like, warm room temperature mason jar milk. Some people really like that. I was... I convinced him... One day, I convinced him to just put it in the fridge until he needed it, because otherwise he was going to get, like, botulism or something. He was awful. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the first thing on our list is... Is that we have to discuss that this plot is eerily similar to another book we read, which was what? The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Yeah. One of my favorite books of all time. Um, Not one of Kat's favorites. No. 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 I did not enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Yep. When I read that book. Um, But what we want to point out is that... The plot is super similar in its major events, which is kind of weird. Because even though, like, we all know that we have, like, the, the meeting of the people and, like, maybe a meet-cute or whatever. And then whatever the series of events is, and they f- figure out they love each other and then happily ever after, right? That's the basic thing. Yeah. But for this, it's a little bit different. Because we have all these added things that are super similar to The Hating Game. So it's two people who are working office jobs. Mm-hmm. Someone who does not work directly with them is the love triangle person. Mm-hmm. We have the small kind of quirky female and the really uptight kind of asshole-ish dude. Mm-hmm. Although I will say I liked Emmy better. Because you had a problem with Lucy and the hating Lucy game. had some issues, man. You were convinced she was on the spectrum? Okay, but like normally I wouldn't say that that was an issue. But I felt like it was an issue because of the way it was addressed. Yeah. Um, so I didn't enjoy that. And you thought she was kind of manic on top of that. She cried a lot, and then she would, like, I don't know. It's really weird. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to have emotions, yeah, just so like, everyone that's knows. that's totally fine. But just in that book, it was such a roller coaster. Yeah. I, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I, we have that. I will say that The Hating Game is one of my favorite books of all time, but I liked Faker more. Okay, and we're, we're going to get to why. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have both of our female leads in these books have some kind of health crisis. Yes. And the man opts to take care of them, and then they kind of fall in love from there. There's a few more bumps of, like, you don't really love me. Right? Like, in a nutshell, they're the same book. Yeah. 
with yeah. one with different characters. Yeah. To me, at least. One has better writing. Feel free to argue with me. Our email, our email address is <laughs> the Phoenix Nest Podcast, I believe, at gmail.com. We don't even know. Like it's I said, it's in, the, it's in the notes. You can make a case for the hating game if you truly love it, but I'm telling you, the characters are a lot more relatable in this book. Yeah. Partly, partly because of their profession. How many times do you meet someone who goes, I work for a publishing house? Not Never. often. Never. I don't understand. Sorry, we had to stop because someone drove by on their uh, motorcycle. The crash rocket sounded stupid. Mm. Their little tiny penis. They're so sad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I lost a train of thought. They're more relatable because of oh, the yeah. job that they do. They have a more realistic job than two people working in a publishing house. Yeah, I would say so. I would say it's more likely you're going to meet someone who works for a major company. Or a small specialized company. Their job reminded me of one of my first summer jobs when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say when I was a kid. I was a teenager. I was probably about 15, 16-ish. Um, I worked at the irrigation district that my dad worked at. But he was, like, in the squishy office. And I was in a warehouse sure. handing yeah. out tools and Normal. checking in the guy's truck mileage and stuff every day. Mm-hmm. I worked with big buff barely dudes. You were in. I was, yeah, but like 16. A little different. I read so much that summer because there was not a lot for me to do, and I got paid minimum wage for it. It was great. Yeah, see, like, no big deal. But it's just, in this book, there's just so many similarities that was kind of weird to read, and then be like, oh, that's really similar, and then keep reading and be like, that's even more similar. But, like, it was similar, it was similar in a way that it felt like the whisperings of the hating game. I, when I got here, I said, which one of these was written first? Yes. It's it's that similar to me. Yeah. Um, but we're going to focus just on Sarah Smith's writing today. Yeah. Because, well, that's why we're here, to read Faker and to tell you about it. And it was so good. It was just something that I felt was important to point out, because even though most romances are very similar. There's usually some kind of twist or something that makes it stand out more. Yeah. And this was, like, if you stripped away a lot of the, like, minor details, you had the same story. But one was, like, more relatable than the other. It was very, it was very weird to me. It was... I liked that it was more relatable. I do. I always like to be able to envision myself as characters. I, even if it's unrealistic. I felt like... Emmy's wardrobe was super understated, like mine. Just kind of chill, t-shirts, nice pants. Yeah, she just wants to, like, fit in and not be seen as, like, a weakling. Yeah. And, like, who doesn't enjoy that kind of, like, I'm not going to take your shit, but I'm also not going to, like, rise up against you constantly, you know? Yeah. That's kind of nice. She was pretty chill. I liked her. a normal person. Thank God for that. So, we have a nice list for us tonight. Um, we're going to just, I guess, start the top here, and we're going to talk about some love triangles. There was a love triangle, and I didn't hate it, and I usually hate love triangles. Have you ever been in a love triangle? Um, yes. Okay. And I hated every second of it, and I'm no longer with either one of them. I would say, like, technically I was, but not really. Like, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It's more that there were options. At the same time. It was in that weird time when I had left my husband and we were starting the divorce process and he was still very much in love with me and I kind of wanted to strangle him a little bit, but I was also with my ex So he was the third, is what you're saying, your ex-husband. Yeah. Okay. So he was in love with me. He was best friends with my ex-boyfriend. Okay. Who I was best friends with and kind of in love with. Right. But because he was my ex-husband, I still kind of had feelings for him, but not like we should work this out. More like, I like you as a person sometimes. I still but not have, enough to stay married. Yeah, I still have feelings for you because okay. you're a father or a child kind of thing. It was really weird. And I would like to say I um, obviously divorced my ex-husband and I'm no longer dating and or speaking to my ex. I finally got right. the balls to block his damn number. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Stress relief right there. Oh, God, it's great. Um, yeah, love triangles are really hard, especially in books, because they feel like you're supposed to really root for someone, and the other, the third person is supposed to be like, oh, I hate that guy. Like, you always want the it's, same guy to win. 
But this one was a little different. Let's bring in the one big love triangle we all know the best. Bella, Edward, and Jacob. That one was hard because it was a lot of neutral, neutral, neutral. <laughs> don't care, don't care, don't care. Yeah, so it was like, it'd be cool if she ended up with him, but I guess it's cool if she ended up with him. Listen, we all know my stance on Twilight. We all know they're boring. So. I'm Team Charlie Swan all the way. <laughs> he was the, the only, only good character. One. The only character the only that mattered. mattered. <laughs> but um, love triangles can either be really great mm-hmm. and really compelling or really awful. I feel like this one was pretty compelling because you had... Our, you know, our, our original two, and then our third was actually a really decent person. Yeah. Like, there was nothing about him that seemed slimy to me. No. It was just wrong person, wrong time. Hey, it was just kind Doesn't of... Doesn't work. Hey, it was just kind of there. Um, and this Jamie, is Jamie, yeah. Jamie, um, they initially meet when he drops off some supplies for yeah, their charity for the work. New project. Yeah, for the new project. Um... Which, let's just say, the new project is they're building a home habitat for humanity style. And, like, they're going to gift the home to a family. To a family in need. Yeah. And so this is, like, this really great social media project um, because it's updating everyone on what the company is doing and all, like, most of the labor, not all of it, is actually done by the employees. Which is really cool. And which is, like, a really cool concept. Like, hey, you want to leave early today and do a couple of hours of work on the house? Cool, go ahead. Yeah. And so that was kind of nice. I would be at that house all day, every day, until it was done. Fuck the office. I'm not going to be in there. And it was, like, a really hands-on project. I'm going to sling some lumber. I'm going to... I almost said lay some pipe, but that's a terrible, terrible, <laughs> yeah, don't terrible say thing. That. We don't We don't talk like that on this podcast. Bullshit. Not <laughs> all the time. Bullshit. Um, so, so they find out they have to team up for this project, mm-hmm. and they're both super annoyed. And then Jamie well, comes in. And it's not even that they have to team up, it's that Tate, Tate says they should do this one thing together. But their ecstatic boss lady is like, oh, this is the best idea, you guys are perfect for this. The HR lady? I like her. She's like a everyone's mom energy <gasps> in one person. Paula. Yeah, she's Paula. She's Paula. Yeah. Oh, I love Paula. Where she's like, oh no, this is the best thing you could possibly do. You're gonna rock it. And you're like, oh, oh dear gosh. She had major Paula she energy. Was she was great. Paula's a former coworker of ours. Uh, we love I her. I miss her. Sometimes I see her and I'm like, oh, Paula. I saw her in Target recently and I just wanted to hug she her. She was telling me, don't worry, I get all my updates on Facebook. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not on there. She's like, it's okay. I'm on other people. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't whatever. She cuts me up. So they're working on this project and Jamie happens to come and drop drop stuff off, mm-hmm. right? And Emmy's like, ooh, he's cute. You know? She has this lame excuse where she borrows a pen and has to give the pen back to him. She she must give it back to him. So they have so they throughout this are kind of in contact. They go on a couple dates. Mm-hmm. Um Jamie's actually really perceptive. To Tate and Emmy. Yeah. And their, like, whole thing. Well, they go on that one date. Yeah, they go on that one date where they he takes a rock climbing and she's terrified of heights. First of all, if you're scared of something and that's the thing you'll be doing on your first date, just, maybe suggest something different. Just say, hey, listen, I'm terrified of heights. I can't do that. And, like, if the other person's a decent person, they'll be like, cool, we can go on a hike instead. I don't know. They will to this rock climbing place, which is where Tate works out. Which is why he's chiseled and has biceps like Thor. Can we talk about how he doesn't go to a real gym? He just rock climbs? Listen, if I did shit like that, I'd probably be chiseled too. That's some Jason Momoa shit. Oliver, that was really rude. He's so happy with himself, though. He's so pleased. But I'm not going to play. Oh, rude. So, like, I'm not a rock climbing person. I can appreciate other people are good at it, but it always looks like they're about to die. And I, I don't to, like that. In the harness of your crotch thing is not I a I have I a want. story about rock climbing. Of course. Okay. Um, I was in this weird, like, leadership thing in high school. Uh-huh. Where they, like, they choose one child from the high school, from each high school in the area to be in this leadership group. I was the one from my high school. And we had to do this event where we got to know each other. So we went to, like, a sleepaway camp for, like, mm-hmm. two days or whatever. And uh, part of the tr- thing was, like, learning trust from your your yeah. fellow classmates or whatever, from these different schools. 
And one of the things was rock climbing. And I told the leader, I said, listen, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't do this. this. This is not a thing I do. I don't like heights. I'm not doing this. They forced me to climb the thing. It was just like a weird rock climbing wall out in the forest. And they put me in that fucking harness. And let me tell you, you want to talk about harnesses in the crotch? It's awful. It sucks. It's all up in like the crease of your thigh. Pinches. And it's like tight. It's so tight. They tighten and they're like, this is so you don't fall. And I'm like, cool. And then they have one of your teammates is like the belay. Right. And then you climb it. And I told them, I can't do this. And they're like, just try. Y'all, I got three little rungs up and was done. See, the only thing that I've done that's like comparable is um, we did leadership camp at the Tucson Police Academy. Oh. In junior high. I don't know why they let children on there. But they have <laughs> they don't um, care about you. They have like telephone poles that are like thirty feet high and then they have a catwalk so you can <gasps> walk the tightrope across and you're supposed to meet in the middle because you're like suspended, right? No. And you're supposed to meet in the middle, hug, and rotate so you go off to the other side and then you repel. And so I've done that, but it's literally it's climbing a telephone pole and it's hard. It's so hard to climb a telephone pole. Do you ever see like those? Metal oh, do you ever see the the videos of like the lumberjacks climbing trees? Yeah, it's fascinating and horrifying. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't do that. So, yeah, anyways, you get to the top and you're like, <gasps> so anyways, they um they go to this rock climbing place and she's having a panic attack and Tate is there. Being and she Tate. like leaves. She like goes to the parking lot to finish having her panic attack. Well, and he Jamie's saves like her. doing his thing. Tate, like, saves her. He's like, listen, back off, man. She's having a rough time. Takes her off to the parking lot. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, where tension starts to, like, bubble. Because two hottie men are, like, into her. Yeah. But one's being, like, pushy and the other one's being perceptive. It's very strange. There's a lot going on. Emmy's got feelings and emotions. Things are weird. Um, so anyways... The date so, kind like, of Poor Jamie, kind of. Yeah. Because he is completely unaware. Well, they keep trying. They keep trying to go on these dates, and they go to the house to do the charity work, and Jamie's there, and Tate's there, and Tate's, like, trying to be macho and manly and, like, I'm going to go build shit kind of a thing. It's just, it's just a very continual love triangle. And, like, it's almost like you want there to be success with Jamie because he's so decent. Yeah. And there's that night where they're celebrating, you know, and he's supposed to meet her for drinks and it's supposed to be all like cute and she's like so excited. And instead Tate's like hitting on her and she gets super offended. And then they like make out in his car. That's the night that they have the trivia. So confusing. The weird couples trivia in the bar. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, let's do couples trivia. And they play the game and they're doing really, really well and then she freaks out and leaves. Yeah. And then they make out in the well, car. Well, that's because she reads his phone without him really. It's because she dropped something and she went to, down to get it and saw his phone. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know. Miscommunication. Just a lot of assumptions. Yeah. But they have this, like, hot and heavy real quick makeout session. Yeah. And then she continues on to her date with Jamie and is like, sorry, this was a bad idea. I'll get off of your lap now. And just, like, leaves. And he's all pissed. Well, but the date doesn't go well. Because you can't something you take. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fair. Yeah. He has Thor-like biceps. I well, and they just either. had, like, the best first kiss of her whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot Intense. Of, a lot of dry humping. Intense. Intense. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine sitting in someone's lap in the driver's seat, though? My ass would be all over the, the steering wheel on the horn. I mean... That's a very high school thing, but yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's because she's so small that she can do it. Yeah, that's not a thing I would uh, plan on doing now in my life, partly because I am not 17, and partly because I don't think my body bends that way very easily anymore. We're too old for Once that. Once upon a time. I have ligaments that don't do what they're supposed to do. I also feel that straddling someone who's sitting fully upright in a car seat is difficult. You're lucky because the car seat doesn't have anything on the other side. No. However, a truck with a bench seat—I mean, I guess that's better. That works much better. But neither here. Um, 
But yeah, so they have this, this like electrifying time, and then she goes on her not great date, and then she's like, "What the hell just happened?" Right? Yeah. And it just uh, there's just so much tension, so much sexual tension. But they had a great first kiss. Yeah, which is what anyone wants, which only really happens in books or uh, movies. Never in real life. I wouldn't say my first kisses were electrifying. I don't think I've ever like sure exciting kiss. Like a fun one. It was fun. But not like, holy shit, what just happened to me? I met my soulmate. Nothing like that. Obviously, I'm still single. There's no, like, uh, clap of thunder and streak of lightning happening. First off, I don't believe in any of that bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Because remember, you're the hopeless romantic. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to happen when I kiss someone. If there is, like, a clap of lightning and, like, thunder and stuff, like, that's happening, I'd be like, bitch, we need to go inside. Monsoons are happening. Uh, Everybody talks about kissing in the rain and how romantic it is. Can you imagine kissing in a monsoon rain? First off, really wet and really cold really quickly because monsoons are really cold. Well, and think about it: the streets are flooding because nothing. Where are you? Oh, I'm thinking like out in the desert. Like (laughs) I'm thinking like here. Streets are flooding because nothing drains right in Tucson. Yeah, (laughs) that's not as romantic as it should be. It's weirdly dusty. Think I've ever like made out with anyone in the rain that I can remember? I'm originally from Yuma. It doesn't rain there, so no, I have not. How do we say no? I definitely made out when it's fucking cold outside. But I have. It's still fun, but like I love how I say I, I have when it's cold, but I'm like I said, I'm from Yuma. What's cold in Yuma is like. 67. I think that's usually because, like, when it rains, you stay inside to watch the storm, or you stay, like, in your own neighborhood, because you know if you go somewhere, you might not come back. You might get stuck. Yeah. There's a lot of places in Arizona, when it rains, it rains, period. End of story. You stay inside, and you stay safe. And don't drive your car in a flooded wash. Don't fucking do shit like that. I saw that I did rescue someone at the Tucson Mall. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, don't drive through the rushing water. People don't get it. And you get charged with a bunch of money. Yeah. Dumb as Um, want to talk about, um, their shitty co-worker, Perry? Everyone has a co-worker that's shitty. Their co-worker that's shitty is Perry. And Perry is often on a power trip. Oh, he thinks he's better than everybody. And she says, in the book, Emmy says, like, he's not really a supervisor or, like, above any of us. But when our supervisor is gone, Perry thinks he's in charge and just kind of like waltzes around giving orders and like, oh, you fucked this up and you should be sad about it. Like, problems. He tries to throw her under the bus for something and, um, no, in, in Tate. He tries to throw Tate under the bus. Yeah, and it was, it's actually his own fault. And not they Tate's had, fault. they had email receipts. Yeah, there's always someone like a Perry type at your work. And you honestly should save those email receipts because then when someone who's higher up is actually like, uh, why'd you fuck that up? You're like, listen, I didn't, and I can prove it. I have all the emails that are super important that say things that are super important that I know people will forget so that I can pull it out and be like, uh, no, do you remember on June 11th at 4.13 p.m. you sent this email? Because I do, I printed it. It's one of those things that when you're like hoarding that information, it feels super bitchy. But then when, like, the minute you need it, you're like, no, 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 no. You fucked it up. Yeah. Or, like, I never did that. Or I never said that. And it becomes, like, this really important self-preservation thing in that exact moment. Because, like, if you said to me, like, remember when you fought with so-and-so in, like, 2017? I'd be like, yeah, hold on. And I can pull <laughs> up my email of where we exchanged words. And it's because, like, to cover your own ass, sometimes you have to be petty. I, during my divorce, um, he got real salty because I left him. Um, don't cheat people. Just gonna say that now. Um, I left him and he got real salty about it. And we had some words exchanged. My lawyer said, every time you contact him, Mm -hmm. do it via email or text message. And at the time... I had an Android phone that had a service that turned your text messages into an email that would save in an email file. I went through my email the other day. Yeah. I went through my email the other day and I found every single one of those conversations. And I was like, this is why I wanted a divorce. It's the equivalent of screenshots. Yeah. 
you know? But in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, it was important for Perry to, to go away because he was awful. It's not as cut and dry and, like, that sweet, sweet feeling of vengeance in real life because it's a lot more, like, anxiety-ridden and stuff. Yeah. But for Perry, he definitely deserved it. He did. When people get all high and mighty, you're like, okay, listen, you need to be, like, knocked down a peg or two. And I'm sure people will have felt that about me as well because I'm very outspoken. <laughs> um, but when you're right, you're right. So I, you know what sorry. though, I don't have a coworker where I feel like I have to do things like that because he doesn't remember things nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have a, the kind of coworker where I'm just like, stop talking, please. I know you're wrong and I'm right, and I need you to quit. But I can also tell him actually, here's the actual answer, and here's why I know that. Um, See, that's tough too. Yeah. I'm in a weird situation, like, with my coworker. Well, it's also different because it's only you and your coworker. Yeah. Whereas, like, for me, it's, like, mostly just me and then, like, my small team. That's true, yeah. But, I mean, even that's a little bit different, you know? But, yeah, um, just when you know you can identify the asshole at work, that's, that's not good. But if you can't identify the asshole at work, it might mean you're the asshole at work. And that's a problem. If you're the asshole at work, please work on that. Or if you think everyone's the asshole at work, that is definitely that you're the asshole. You're the asshole. Because that means that you're complaining about everyone, but they don't like you for a reason. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Which sounds stupid, but like... Well, so that's true. Yeah. Um, Okay. So one of the other things um, is that in both The Hating Game and Faker, our main characters, Mm -hmm. our lovely Lucy and our lovely Emmy... They get, they become suddenly ill, right? Lucy gets the flu. Yeah, she has, like, a weird, like, dramatic version of the flu where you can't tell how many days have passed, but it's only, like, two or something. <laughs> it's been an hour, but it feels like a year. Yeah, whereas when I read Emmys, I was like, bitch has appendicitis, <laughs> like, right from the beginning, because she's like, I just don't feel good. I know. It hurts right here, but yeah. I don't know why. And then she's, like, pushing herself and pushing herself. She's like... I feel too hot. I feel dizzy. Like, oh, appendicitis. You know. I can't be seen as weak. All of that stuff. Yeah. And so, um, Emmy has appendicitis. She falls off the ladder, though, because it's not because of her appendicitis directly. She's just not feeling well. And she's like, I got dizzy. I fell. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, no, that's bad. And so she's like, don't worry. I've got it. I'll take her to the hospital. And, like, scoops her up. And shoots Jamie like this look like, bitch. And well, then, like, leaves. Jamie was going to do it. And Tate was like, I have it. And, and he, like, like was holding her. And is like, no. Yeah. He's a little, a little ferocious there. <laughs> a little, uh, a little a schmeagle with the ring. Yeah. And so, like, he takes her. And they, like, check her out for concussion and stuff. And they're like, well, we're going to run some labs. And she's like, okay. And they're like, BC does. You got appendicitis. And she's like, oh, okay. And they're, they're like, well, no, you, you don't have time. We have to operate. So she's all scared. Yeah. First of all, being in the hospital is really scary, even when you have support. And her support system is gone. Like, her, her mom's not there. Her sister's traveling. The only person is the person she thinks hates her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'll stick around as long as you need. And he, like, sleeps by her bed in a chair and stuff, which is precious. It was so sweet. So cute. Because at this point, we still think that the, he hates her. Yeah, and so she's like, no, you really don't have to. He's like, no, it's fine, I insist. And so he stays through the time that, you know, she has her her surgery and then some of her recovery time until she goes home, which makes sense because, you know, he drove her there. Yeah. And, like, in the meantime, her best friend shows up and is like, you better not be fucking around with her. You know, I know that she thinks that you hate her and all this stuff. Shovel talk. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. But... This time with the non-chronic illness that happens, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that that was the turning point for Tate. That was the turning point for Emmy. Where she finally saw that he wasn't this big ogre type man. Yeah, it wasn't the moment where he was like, oh my god, I love you. They talk a lot when she's all like doped up on the drugs, which let me tell you, some of those drugs make you say weird shit. Things happen to you in your body and in your brain. And you just say weird stuff. And so she's like, would you run away with me at some point? Yeah. Because she's all, like, loopy. And he's like, of course I would. And he's, like, really sweet to her. 
and like cuddles her. She said, it's like, it's very She said not weird stuff because when I had my gallbladder removed and they took me back to my room, I remember not being 100% there. I basically remember waking up when they hit a door jam going, woo, with my hands in the air. <laughs> and they were like, put your hands down, it's fine. And then I was gone again. Anytime I've had surgery, when I'm out, I'm out. I just, I don't wake up until everything's over and then I'm all in recovery, like all crocky, like, how you do? And I'm like, <laughs> Um, I woke up in recovery once and then I went back to sleep and I didn't wake back up and they were like, well, let's just take her to a room. And that's when the woo happened. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. then I was out for solid three more hours before I woke up. Those drugs are, they, they mean business, man. And they should. They fuck you up. surgery. Yeah. But man, it is hard to come out of that. It takes like, I think it took me, like, a solid day to feel like my body could move properly. Well, and I don't, I, I say properly, but I had knee surgery, so it wasn't really. But, like, where I could function. Yeah. Because you're just, like, you wake up and you're like, oh, your mom's there. And then you're, like, passed out. I had that surgery, and I got the day to kind of figure out what was happening. And the next day, like, that was the day after the surgery. And I was like, okay, cool, I can go home now. And they're like, no, you have to have another surgery. Because of, like, like, um, complications. Excuse me. So they put me in Twilight, and they were like, you'll still be awake. You'll remember everything. No, I don't. I don't remember any of that. Some people do, which I think would freak me out even more. I was out. I remember remember scaring the nurse because they put me out in the recovery area, and it was one of those things where, like, you wake up and you're just like, (gasps) and I sat straight up, and she was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. She's like, you can lay back down now. And I was like. All right. And I laid back down, but I was just like, what the yeah, fuck just happened to me? I've never done that. I've never done that. That was the only time. I've never had, outside of having my daughter, that was the only time I've ever had surgery. High school reunions, have you ever been to yours? No. We, um, I'm going to be really honest. I don't know if we had one and I wasn't invited or if we just didn't have one because the people I went to high school with didn't, didn't uh, want to do one. Um, but I'm not upset about it. And, like, anything I've seen of, like, people I still kind of keep in touch with from high school, they don't have anything posted about it. And so I'm like, oh, well, maybe we just don't do it. Um, but I also got off Facebook around the time of my 10-year reunion. Um, but, like, my sister won't go to hers. I won't go to mine either. You Have you been to any of yours? Nope. See, okay, so my mom doesn't go to hers, but her older sister does. Okay. And has a great time. My dad goes to his. He just had his, like, 40th. Is that right? Like, why are we celebrating these? I don't get it. He said that it gets more and more depressing. This past one, it's all about, like, who's still alive and who's still alive and, like, that kind of stuff. I'm like, see, that just sounds, like, not good. But they do theirs because he went to, um, he went to Sunnyside. It was, like, a big class. So they do where they, like, rent out a ballroom and stuff. I think they did um, the casino last time. Um, the last time I heard about my high school reunion, I think, was my 10-year. I don't talk to anyone from high school. I talked to, I talk to Daisha, because <laughs> she is our athletic trainer, and I talked to my sister. And then, like, on social media, I have, like, a handful of people in high school with, and that's it. Um, the last one I remember was our, I believe it was our 10-year. And everyone was like, you should come out. And I was like, I'm not driving four hours to go to my dusty-ass hometown to watch a football no. game that from a team that we weren't even good. And then we're going to go to my great-uncle's bar? It, is, it doesn't have... It doesn't just feel like something I need to do. And I don't know if that's because my graduating class was so small or because we were such a new school. How many were in your graduating class? Um, 65. Oh, yours was smaller than mine. Yeah, well, we were brand new. That's why. We had 99. But yeah. we were not brand new. My dad went to the same high school I went to. <laughs> oh, see. Well, but you live in a small town. Yeah. So that makes sense. But it's just, it's not something that I feel the need to do. I just well, feel like if I want to see people from high school, I could. I just don't. Don't. I, I prefer not to. If you went to my high school and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I love you guys, but this is not something I want to relive. I just don't want to relive it. And then we have to actually talk about this high school reunion because we find out that Tate's former girlfriend, his ex, and Emmy look almost exactly alike. 
Not a type. He has a type. And the ex shows up to the reunion, and Tate walks up to her and kisses her, thinking she is Emmy. And Which Emmy, is a big, big problem. Yeah, and Emmy thinks, oh my god, he's still in love with her, and then runs out and is all crying and sad, and this is the weird climax, if you will, where they got they have to figure out what's happening. And the the real problem is that Emmy has like really low self esteem, mm-hmm. and so in her mind, it's not just an accident. She's like, why did you bring me here knowing she would be here or something? And he's like, that's not why I brought you. I brought you because my, you know, my twin sister's here with her husband and my friends and stuff. Yeah. And Emmy's like, well, are you just trying to use me as a replacement for her? Which is like a really unfair accusation. It was that's, rude. that's deep in your feels. That was rude. And I was like, bitch, like, stop. But I think at the same time when she realized that, oh my God, she looks almost exactly like me. Yeah. He has a type. I'm only... We're only together because he's that still in love with her. It is really weird. But, like, if you have a type, you have a type. I mean, you just do. You know, that's just a thing. I have a type, kind of. I don't. It's not looks, People though. say, like, oh, of course you do. I'm like, but I don't really. Mm, you like the ones that are kind of gangster. But even that, I don't even... But you have multiple types. You have more than one type. <laughs> multiple types. You do. You have, like, <laughs> you have, like, three types. Like, super athletic... Oh. A little gangster. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? But, like, it's not consistent. Not always, no. It's, whatever, it's fine. My type is nerdy. Right. That's about all I've got. If you're a giant, you're hit up Jess. Yes, male, female, if you somewhere hit in between. Up me, good luck, because I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that that was kind of the turning point. And I think she was they had, a like, a really good conversation. Yeah. His sister showed up. And they had a good conversation, and yeah. he did the thing where he was like, you know, fuck it, read all my texts. Because that was the, the like, underlying issue was that she thought, based on the weird text that she had read on accident, yeah. she thought he hated her. And that wasn't and the that, case. And she had it totally flipped around. And so he was like, you know, you really want to see what I've been saying to my sister about you? Is that what the problem is? And he, like, lets her read all the text messages, and then it, like, sheds a whole lot of light on things. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, I've been a terrible person. But I think that it helped them kind of talk about everything, because this goes into the next thing. Yes. Which is, why is it, and this has been, even when I was a kid, he's mean to you because he likes you. First of all, if a boy's being mean to me, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. And then when people are like, He's flirting. I'm like, well, and he's really bad at it. Because this has happened multiple times where people are kind of, like, cracking stupid jokes. And I'm just like, what's wrong with them? And then my friends will be like, well, he's hitting on you. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> One time my dad told me that this kid in my class liked me because he was mean to me. Um, do you know how that ended for him? I punched him in the fucking shoulder. He was mean, and I just decked him. I just never understood why that was what we tell girls. He likes you, so he's going to be mean to you and hit you and pull your hair and stuff. Not that that didn't happen to me when I was younger and I totally fell for it. I was like, oh, that's so funny. But like, as an adult, I'm like, that's stupid. Stop telling girls that. Anytime that happened to me, I just fought back. (laughs) Oh, no, definitely, like, hit people back and stuff. But, like, why do we tell people that? Um, his name was Andrew, and he was rude, and he kept being mean to me, and so I bet was mean back to him. And then his mom worked for the school, and she came and talked to me about how I was mean to her son, and I was like, well, he's a dick. It's not my problem. And that was the whole way through. We, uh, I went to a very small elementary. Mm-hmm. It was a K through 8, and we fed into the high school. We literally went to school with each other from kindergarten on. I just feel like there's so many ways to show that you're interested in someone, like, paying attention to them, or... Don't be mean. ...taking interest in them, that, like, being a dick... Like, I think part of the problem, too, is that, like, so many women feel like, oh, he treats me like shit because he likes me. No. And then they stick around for it, but as an adult, that doesn't work. He treats as you like five shit. year old, yeah. it's like, oh, they're just being stupid kids. As a grown adult... If someone's going to treat you like shit to get you to date them, they're probably going to treat you like shit beyond that. Like, I don't... If someone treats you like shit, get the fuck out. 
Like, I don't, I don't know. We brought that up because Tate kind of treats her like shit. And he says yeah. because he's, like, not very in touch with his emotions and stuff. But, like, buddy, that's your problem. If you want to be with a 10, you got to act like a 10. Like, the energy you're going to get is what you're going to give first. And he was failing hard. Don't be a loser. Don't be a shitbag. Knock it off. Just and just dating, say... Dating tips. Hey, you're kind of hot. I kind of like you. We should maybe get a drink sometime. Like, stop ignoring. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, also don't ignore people. It's rude. Don't, yeah, don't do that either. That's the other end of the spectrum. Work through Negative your, attention to ignoring. Just work through your feelings. Just... Just use your words like a normal human. It's okay to have emotions. And guess what? If you embarrass yourself, probably that's not the first or last time that's happened. And it's certainly not. The other person's going to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. You're not alone in that. And if they can't get over it, then they're probably not your person. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Just don't be a dick. It's It's just bad. Do you have a work personality versus your home personality? Yes and no. Okay. Um, a lot. I don't live with a bunch of children. Thankfully. Yeah. So, um, I have been accused of using my teacher voice around my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally I have to use my teacher voice, um, with relatives. Okay. Um, I have very different personalities because at work. I have to be in charge. Mm-hmm. They don't really get a choice. No. I'm not by any means a dictator, but I'm also not a pushover. And my mom was just talking about this um, with one of my aunts about how at work I'm really no-nonsense. Like, when the kids are being annoying and, like, I'm trying to get something, I'm like, okay, what do you want? Yeah. Like, what do you need from me? Can we do this later? Okay, bye. And luckily this generation, the kids that I specifically teach – they take that kind of bluntness. Like, I'm not rude to them. I know it sounds like it's a rude thing, but I don't teach second grade, and so I'm not like, oh my gosh, what do you need from me? Like, all the time. I'm like, buddy, what do you want? Yeah. And, like, either they want something or they don't. And it's, like, totally fine, right? Whereas, if they're being jerks, I'm like, hey, bye, go. Get out of here. I'll see you later. So- it's just, it's to my benefit that I behave that way instead of letting them overrun my classroom. Yeah. Um, I want you guys to know if you're um, off track in life, let Kat talk to you in her teacher voice. Um, it scares you and you don't want to disappoint your teachers, so you do what Kat says. And I promise I'm not a mean teacher. If I was ever mean to a student, it was probably probably a two-way street there where I was like, my last, <laughs> you were my the last, last scene, thread <laughs> of sanity was, like, being tried. But, like, I teach kids that are, like, they're old enough to make choices. Teenagers. So they do something too. I'm like, what'd you do without this wrong? Oh, I punched someone. Well, yeah, so are you supposed to punch people? No. No. I'm like, okay, then don't do it again. I don't have a work personality. What you see is what you get. Which is probably a lot easier. Like, I go home and I go out with friends and stuff, and it's very, very different. Yeah. But I don't have the luxury of just being one person. The only thing, and this leads into kind of how Emmy does things. So I am very anxious in life as a person. Um, anybody who knows me knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, at work, at work, I'm the boss. Um, I'm the general manager where I work. So I am boss. What I say goes kind of a thing. And that's not something that I do in my daily life. So like Emmy's got this, you know, she reads those boss ladies. like a self-help version of how to be a boss bitch. Yeah. She I reads, love it. She reads articles like that about how to be, you know, a tough, tough woman in a male-dominated employment type thing. Which is really important. Yeah. I don't do that, but I do have... I'm in boss mode because I'm at work. But outside of that, the way I act outside of work is the same way I act in work. Yeah. I'm very straightforward. I don't really have a filter. I kind of just say what I want, which is kind of bad sometimes. Which sometimes is really good. Especially at work. Depending on what's going on at your job, you know? Yeah. And I get a lot of people that think because I'm a woman, I obviously my thoughts and opinions don't mean dick all. Um, My favorite is I want to talk to the guy who works here 
okay, well, I'm his boss, so no. I often think that when you work in any kind of retail setting, you have to be super straightforward with people. Yeah. Because otherwise they're going to think that they can walk all over you. Yeah. And so it's a balance between being honest and straightforward versus being perceived as rude. Yeah. And that can sometimes be tricky, especially when it's people who are, like, used to getting their way or they really want to try you that day. They, like, want to push your buttons and you're like, listen. I had one customer. No. <laughs> I had one customer six months. He threw a fit about something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I threw a fit right back and was straightforward about it and was like, no, here's why. Finally, I printed off the policies and procedures for the customers, like rules and regulations of the property. And I highlighted the area that he was throwing the stink about, handed it to him and said, next time you can take, you can refer to that about this situation. Yeah. I want to talk to your boss. Congratulations. I'll call her for you if you want me to. Let's put it on the speaker. I have done that. I have had customers try to fight me and I, I flat out, you know, was the boss bitch where I was like, I will call her for you. I'll put her on speakerphone. I don't care. Let's do this shit. Um, but outside of that, I don't really have a different personality at work than I do at home. I am kind of what I am. What you see is what you get. I'm a ball of anxiety. I don't really have a filter. It just is. It just is. Yeah. That's just how it is. Um, don't, don't be fake. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah. That generally, uh, just falls apart faster than you think it's going to, or it becomes your actual personality. We just read an entire book about being fake. And we don't want to do it. Don't do it. We don't want to do it. Don't do it. Um, ratings? Okay, it's going to be funny if I somehow rate this lower than I rated the hating game. Would you like a reminder of what you rated the hating game at? Yeah, what was it? You gave it a three. Okay, because I was getting a 3.75. Okay. Because while this was, to me, a massive improvement, Mm -hmm. it was also still not my favorite book. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I like um, the characters a lot better, that's for sure. So you said a 3.75. Yeah. I'm writing this down. Just so everyone knows, we forgot to say it last time, and at the top of this one, there is also a... I'm going to restart what I just said. My cat jumped on the computer and uh, hit pause, so uh, that was awesome. Um, but like I was saying, there is a link in the uh, show notes for our Goodreads. So I yeah, made a, just had a little side project. I did. I made us a Goodreads account. So every book that we have read is on the account. Um, I will put a link down so that you can follow us. And I've put, I kind of averaged out our ratings mm-hmm. and then I put our actual ratings in the review. Okay, good. Um, so you gave it a 3.75. It wasn't your favorite. I gave the hating game a four. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to give this one a four and a half. Oh, okay. Um, I liked it a lot more. I liked the writing style a lot more. It flowed better, it definitely. It flowed a lot flowed a lot easier. It was a lot easier to read. I flew through this one. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel as, like, stunted. I shouldn't say I flew through this one because I didn't fly through it as fast as what I normally do. Okay. I flew through this one faster than the next book we're going to read. Yes. And the last one. I was also, like I said last time, this was kind of in the middle of me being sick. Yeah. Um, it's hard to want to read when you're sick, too, because your brain is just like, nah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoyed this one. I liked the writing style a lot better. I thought the characters were more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a love triangle, and I didn't hate it. So that's awesome. Um, however, let's talk about the next book. Um, next time, when you join us, we will be reading Whiteout by Adriana Anders. Um we have already read it. If you have not read it, I suggest picking it up. Um, they danger bank. There's a lot of crazy banana stuff. This is a romantic suspense. I think the first romantic suspense. I would definitely. Yeah, it's definitely. Would you, however, would you, uh, would you consider the swept away by Tony Blake a romantic suspense? No. I don't really know, honestly. I don't know what I would call that one. Maybe that one would be suspense and this one would be like thriller. Possibly, because there was some shit that went down on this. Yeah, this one's a really complicated storyline, but it'll be an interesting discussion. It will be, because we have things to say. So join us next time for Whiteout by Adriana Anders. Pick it up and read it. It has a very close look-alike model on the cover that looks kind of like Zac Efron, so if that's something you're into. Hey, it does. Yeah, it has bothered me for months now. Has it? Yeah, because I want it to be him, but it's like 
Very clearly not him. I was feverish with not the Rona. Right. So I didn't catch it until just now. It's weird, though, right? It is really weird. Because if that's what the main character is supposed to look like, why is he an ice scientist? Zephron, are you okay? He, he is doing a new show. He is on Netflix? Yeah. He's got, quote-unquote, dad bod. I don't consider it dad bod. He still looks hot. Whatever. 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 Everyone's all upset because he's like 5'8 or some shit. Okay. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, so anyways, join us next time. And remember, <laughs> bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye.